from ABC7, this is Game Time with Coach McVay. The Rams are back on the road to face the Colts. This is Kurt Sandoval with ABC7 Los Angeles. We're giving you more of Game Time with Coach McVay with this podcast. You'll also want to check out the video version of my one-on-one interview Saturday nights at 11.45 Pacific on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel. This week, we're focusing on the defense. I'm talking one-on-one with Rams defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. Week four of Game Time with Coach McVay. In the spirit of the baseball playoffs, we're going to our ace in the bullpen. <laughs> Raheem Morris, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, we didn't get the name changed. We had a little <laughs> a monitor at that, but uh, I'm okay with it. You know, my guy's, uh, he's in the lab, so I'm in, I came in as a reliever. I'm feeling good. As they say, we'll fix that in post. Hey, uh, all kidding aside, your defense, you've talked a lot this year about how fun of a group it is and how they're coming together. What did you learn even more so about this Bengals game, about your defense? You know, I don't know if it's just the Bengals game. It'd be, it'd be unfair for me to say that. You know, um, week into the season, you found out what they're capable of doing. The following week, going up against the heavyweight, one of our top opponents, um, you found out that they're pretty good. And then going to the Bengals, you kind of knew you're good, and you're thinking, let's go out there and show the world how good we can be. Um, and these guys that work that for their energy, the things that they bring to the table every single day is just kind of the things that we love. And they're so exciting to be around every single day. Um, a lot of people don't know their names. They're not common household names right now. Um, but the things they bring to the table for us as a coaching staff, um, as an organization for, from, the t- from the top down, I think is uh, something that really, really regard. Those guys seem to be thriving on that. Well, there is one guy whose name everybody knows, Aaron Donald. Sure. Uh, in your three years with him, how have you seen him evolve, especially as a leader now of this younger defense? You know, Aaron, you could never say was not a leader, at least since I've been around him. Right. Um, Aaron's come in and he's absolutely taken the role of mentoring people and getting people to play hard to the standard in those things in his own ways. Um, he's more of a to himself kind of guy. Once he gets into his room, be able to talk with his guys. Um, he pushes the envelope by pressing guys in the weight room and doing different things on the field. But I've just watched him go with his guys, have fun. Um, that youthful arrogance that the guys have around him rubs off on him and makes him one of the guys that just can go out there and compete at the highest level like we've seen him do so many times, and he's so much fun to be around. Interesting about Aaron, he had a sack. No one has had more sacks in the league since him. What do you like about what he did there? You know, everything about Aaron is always a complicated thing, more complicated than people think. You know, he is the ultimate checkmate for us because he knows, he guarantees he's going to get the slide. He's going to get all the attention from the centers. Offense trying to get four hands on him. And to watch him, to give a little decoy on the other side by boom, to make those guys hesitate just a second, an assist from his teammate. And all he needs is an inch, you know, the famous saying from Gail Sayers. Yeah. You know, uh, six inches to daylight. That's what Aaron needs because of his greatness. And it gave him a little bit of a room to get through there. And you watched the amazing swim move. Um, the center being a little bit too late to get on the slide and all the calls, fancy calls trying to tell you to rip the lids and all those type of things. But he'll make you pay. You make one mistake. And that's exactly what you saw in that picture when you see him split a double team and go through and absolutely get a sack to finish it off for us. Raheem, give me a little insight because as long as I've known you and I've really – I can watch Aaron and how, his speed. But one of the things I'm noticing this year, it seems more than most, is how he's moving a lot. Uh, what does that – create in terms of a problem for the offense so the thing that he is he's a three technique right he's one of the greatest three techniques that play our game the Warren Saps of the world the Brian Rungs of the world you know is a bunch out there Chris Dolman's you know you can, you can name all these guys you know and you can go back in the history of our game and talk about um, what they've done for Keith Millard but 
when you put Aaron in that spot, that's where he's going to own the three technique playing on the edge. And he's going to also demand the attention there. So for our dears coaches to move around a little bit to make people think and go find them to change some of those calls, to not make mm. it a carded defense every time you go out there on the field, to be able to move around just a little bit when you can. Um, and you got to pick your spots. You got to pick your poison. Um, and our coaches, you know, Eric Henderson, Andre Carter, those, those guys do such a great job of coming up with different ideas, bringing them to me, me bringing it to those guys, and us collaborating as, as, as a unit in order to get those things done for Aaron. Because when he comes in, he wants to know what his ops are. He wants to know when he has a chance to move around. He's excited about those things. And that's the beauty of coaching a guy like that, the, the excitement he brings to every day, um, the passion he brings to each work week, which is great for us. Aaron has talked to us about Kobe Turner and, and how much he's evolved. Uh, as his coordinator, what do you see in Kobe's development? You know, we talk a lot about Kobe, um, and we spend a lot of time talking about Kobe because he plays next to him in, in a lot of our nickel fronts. Um, but the guy that's really developed with him also is Bobby Brown. Yeah, um, Bobby Brown and Kobe Turner kind of making up that nose tackle position that kind of plays next to Aaron at all the different spots. I think both of those guys really combine um, to give us exactly what we need in order to get Aaron his one-on-one ops, to get Aaron his chances to move around, give Aaron a chance to play flexible off of him and be able to have uh, a very unique style of defense for us all because of what they bring to the table. Kobe coming in as a rookie is particularly special because of his advance um, above the net game that allows us to be able to do those things, how he plays off of Aaron, what he's going to do opposite of Aaron. When Aaron moves to a different side, he goes opposite and has a completely set of different set of rules. And I, I really can appreciate the two guys playing next to him like I know he does um, because it means so much to him. He's been so close to the people that he's played with over the past, whether it's been uh, great gains, whether it's been um, – uh, you, can, you can go back and name all the guys, right? Sebastian. Sebastian. Just yeah. Sebastian, all the guys, right? Uh, big big guy in Detroit. Wow, die, what, die. <laughs> but all the guys that he's played with. And he's got so much of regard and respect for those guys that um, the more people that he's able to develop in those roles – and to get to play next to him, I think he really enjoys. So McVeigh calls uh, Kobe Turner the conductor because of his <laughs> musical background. Does he bring any music, sweet music, into the meeting rooms? You guys bust his chops on that at all? You know, he'll bring it up in his own individual meeting room. He's very comfortable in his own skin, so to speak. <laughs> There's no sensitivity about him. Um, so he'll definitely uh, share whatever you want to know about that. And he, he has a little celebration in the sack dance where he kind of conducts it a little bit. And uh, yeah. And it's always good to see and it's always enjoyment for us. One of the big things this year coming into camp was when I saw Ernest Jones and, and how much bigger he was. Sure. In his year last year in, uh, in the development with Bobby Wagner, and now he's wearing the green dot. How is that a correlation, that time with Bobby Wagner? What are you seeing in his development? I think it's from the whole, from the beginning since he's been here. When he first got here, he was with Troy Reader, who's yep. back with us. And he learned how to really manipulate and to be able to conduct and talk about the ownership of the defense through Troy that first year. Um, he was also with Kenny Young and some of those guys and able to do some of those things. And Fuller had the green dot then. Yeah. And then you watched it where Bobby Wagner came in and was able to do some of those things with them. And Bobby talked about some of the box play and being still with his feet and being calm in the box to be able to control everything. And I've really seen him grow in that way. So uh, between Troy, Bobby Wagner, a little bit of Fuller, a little bit of earnest that we already saw that was natural for him because we were calling him the green dot when we drafted him. Mm. And now he's just coming to full fruition for him and being able to go out there and control the whole defense. And he absolutely embraces it. He loves it. He loves the information he's getting through the headset. He loves the extra information. He loves having the control of calling it. 
Um, I, I joke with him every single day because he makes the call the same way he does in the game, that he does in the practice, that he does in the walkthrough when he calls it twice for the guys um, to get those guys lined up and give them all the tidbits. Um, he's been fun to watch. He's been fun to coach. He's been fun to be around. You've been around football most of your adult life. For me, if there's one thing I would want to convey to our audience is the confidence and swagger of a defensive back is unlike any in, in sports, quite <laughs> frankly. And Kobe Durant has that. And I was like, this kid can flat out play. Now, he was with Jalen Ramsey as his shadow. And every time in the locker room, those two were just chirping sure. together. But now Jalen's gone. He's taken over a lot of that. What do you see in there? You know, there's only two positions in sports where I always say this, that, that absolutely get all the attention, good or bad. And it's tackle on the offense and it's cornerback. Yep. You know, you're one play away from being the go to the game or the hero. And I think it has to come with a mindset. And I think Jalen had that mindset. And I see a lot of our guys adapting that same mindset that he had that they already came in here based on what our wonderful job our scouting department and our coaches that brought them in here saw in the process. And Kobe came in and he has that same confidence, that same swagger, that same mentality um, to want to make the plays. And he's got a bunch of guys in that room that brings it along with his young coaches. You know, you bring back Arby Pleasant, um, who's been coaching this league for a while, has that same type of demeanor. Um, and, and they understand uh, what happens at that position. Gunfighters get shot at times. Yeah, And yeah. you just want to do more to shooting than, than you get <laughs> to shot. get shot. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things, you talked about it at the beginning, a lot of these guys are no-name guys that have a chip on their shoulder. If I were to ask you, why is it that this defense, three games in, is having success? Uh, way more than, than the outsiders thought. And I know you guys maybe didn't think that, or did you? Is, is, are they exceeding expectations? I wouldn't say they're exceeding expectations because they showed us throughout the whole process. You know, whether it been the draft process, the people that we were bringing in, uh, whether it was acquiring guys from the outside world and bringing them into our, our, our ecosystem to, yeah. to speak like less. Yeah. Um, but you got to give a lot of credit to all of our scouts, our front office. You got to give credit to Sean McVay, um, who works hand in hand with all of those guys our coaching staff for bringing the people in here that we want to coach and then the people getting here and being what we thought and then absolutely showing us at the highest level what they're capable of doing throughout the OTAs, throughout the preseason, throughout our practices in the preseason, throughout our joint practices, going into our game preparation and now into the games and some of those things are starting to show and people are starting to see and they're starting to like what they see. So you got to give credit to the people in this building. You got to give credit to the people actually doing it, the players and themselves and the support staff that's around those guys. Um, this stuff can't get done without everybody being a part of it. You know, we got the, slant, the slogan here, the we not me yeah, mentality. Yeah. So it, it's, it's true and it's real. And when you get those things done, you start to get really good results. And we want a little bit better results, but we're liking what we're going and where we're at. Michael Hoyt, to me, is one of the great stories in football. Comes out of Brown, yeah, sure. makes this team. You have him on the defensive line. Now he's playing linebacker. Can you speak to his development and what the challenges have been there? It's been awesome because he came in as the athletic D lineman. And he was the one D lineman who could play special teams and gave you that extra guy um, on game day, right? Whether he was the sixth D lineman, was the seventh D lineman, he was always going to be able to help the special team coordinator. He went from the athletic D lineman to we needed a position change for him to go to outside linebackers. We had to get through the season last year. And he had some shy, he had some some shining moments, and he's still going through a learning curve at that position 
of edge setting, of coverage, of all of those different things. But he, he has the athleticism. He has the want to. He has the will. He has the mentality. Uh, we really like where he's going. And, you know, I can't say enough good things about Mike Hoyt and what he's done for his career, his self, for other people, his team, his coaches, whether it's been Eric Henderson or whether it was Thad Bogardis or whether now Joe. Um, he's just an all-around great human who you want to be around all the time. And he does nothing but help develop the younger guys. He talks about his story with those guys. Yeah, He's able to bring those guys along with him. And um, he's exactly what you want. You know, like the underdog story, he's it. And um, he's thriving in it. Yeah, it's a great story. Uh, in the game uh, Monday night against Cincinnati, um, offense was struggling in the red zone. You guys are leading a lot of that game. They take the lead. And then late in the game, Akello has that interception. We've got that for in the In the picture of interceptions, this is a pretty darn good one. That's not pretty darn pretty good. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable, it's right? pretty unbelievable. You know, um, this point in the game is, is, is clutch time and – you know, it's still a one-possession game, and they got the ball, you know, at the 50-yard line or near the 50, the logo area, as we talk about. And we're put in a situation, we got to go play man up on Chase. We got to go play the man up on T. Higgins and Boyd. And these guys know when we call those situations, we tell those guys what the critical moments are when you got to step up and make plays. And there's no better time than this. And it's not just a kill on this play. As you look at the play, you see Joe Burrow starts on the full left side of the field where there's great coverage over there mm -hmm. and he has to progress across the field where there's a double team happening in the middle of the field and he progresses all the way across the board because he's got a little extra time because of the max pro and he's able to get to Akello's guy and Akello's just continued to do his job, race to the hash and every DB coach tell you to knock it down in those moments but he just went the extra step and made an unbelievable one-hand pick, having great ball skills, rolled over, popped off the ground and is ready to move forward and and see what happens to give us a chance to win a game. And that's all you really can ask. And I thought that was a really special moment for him. I yeah. thought it was a special moment for us because those things come up in big-time games where you need to have stuff happen. We'll be right back. Now, more of Game Time with Coach McVay. This week, we're talking with Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. Hey, you're now facing a Colts team that you saw a couple of years ago when you won sure. the Super Bowl. Um, but they're a much different team, especially with – likely Richardson at quarterback, a, a very versatile quarterback. What are you seeing on tape that's different from this team compared to two years ago? You know, completely different team. Um, they got the same GM in Ballard. You know, as you guys know, I interviewed for those guys to be yeah. their head coach. I met their ownership and what they're doing and what they're about. So they made some full sell changes when it comes to the front office and how they want to go about their business. And then you watch them make a change to um, a guy that went to the Super Bowl last year and, and, and Syke, and, and he's going out there and he's implemented his style of offense um, they kept a very similar style of defense with Gus Bradley, who was there as their coordinator, and you know what they're about. And Gus is kind of from the same tree as I am, from playing fast and playing physical and, and having a mindset of being disciplined and doing some of the right things and, and all of that stuff. And they, they really had been always had a really good special teams coach, and that's, that goes back a credit to what they do when it comes to bringing people in from the draft standpoint from Chris Ballard. Um, and right now you're seeing these guys develop themselves and form their physical identity. Uh, they went out and found a way to win two games. Yeah, um, They really plan well across the board, and they're young as well. And they got a young quarterback. They're fired up about it. you know. And right now, everybody's questioning Richardson like they questioned Jalen Hurts when he was at Philly, and they're going through all those things. And at the end of the year last year, we all know what happened with Jalen Hurts and what that turned into. So it's our job to go out there and not allow that to happen this week at least. What's the challenge there when you're facing a, a running quarterback? How much do you have to stay – 
discipline? How much is it instinct? How much is it film? You know, it was almost an insult to call a guy a running quarterback now. Um, but he's a quarterback that has the ability to run. Yeah. And you just better be aware of it, particularly in certain situations um, when he's going out there to run the football um, and when he can really hurt you. I think he has three touchdowns, I believe, and he hasn't even played or finished all the games. Um, so he's getting his feet under him. I'm sure he is. He's got he's a very confident young man, as we saw throughout the draft process. And he presents so many challenges like they all do, but particularly when they can use their feet and hurt you and, and a bunch of different ways. You talked about you had applied for that job. You were a finalist for that job. You've always taken the high road as long as I've known you. And your integrity, <laughs> you, you, you are. Your integrity is second to none. But there has to be a little part deep inside. Yeah, yeah, Kurt, let's go dark, man. Let's tell Chris Ballard I'm going to come kick his butt. No, um, I have um, such high regard for the National Football League and uh, the process of being 32 head coaches. There's 32 people in the world World. that are head coaches. And I got such high regard of um, those guys giving me an opportunity to go in and present my best self in front of those guys. And they can tell you the story and how it went and all those things. But – I really enjoyed their process. I thought they did a great job of um, setting up their interviews, taking their times um, to go through the process, which a lot of the world didn't like. And they were flat out just going to do it their way. I was lucky enough to go to the building and meet everybody in that organization, all the way from the ownership down uh, to the equipment room or the the video room. Don't want to put them down, but everybody involved. And I thought the process was great. I thought the ownership did a great job of going through the process with me. Um, show me what they were about, and I wish these guys nothing but luck after this week. Well, I say this sincerely. I mean, someday you're going to be a head coach again, and you deserve it. And until then, we're thrilled you're here. I mean, we love having you here, really. I love L.A. I love the Rams, and I love everything about what's going on with our organization. And um, I can't tell you how much fun it is to come to work every single day to to watch people get better, um, to see your beautiful face, Kurt. I gave him uh, I gave him some stuff a couple uh, months ago about you know having a face for radio, but I, I really didn't mean. It. I just was jealous because he looks nicer than me. <laughs> That's the honesty that we that I appreciate. I do have a face for radio at times. I, I get it. Um, hey, last couple things. Is it fair, Raheem, when you hear a bend but not break defense? Does that does that in, uh, describe your defense at all? Do you have to be careful? I because, think every yeah. uh, every week is different. You know, um, there'll be weeks where you got to hold on and you need more help from the offense. There'll be more, there'll be weeks where the offense needs more help for us. I think it's a matter of myself, Chase Blackburn, uh, Sean McVay, uh, Mike LaFleur, um, the, all the powers to be putting their heads together, along with all our coaches, to find out what it's going to take to win that football game. You know, yeah. Belichick says it's the best, probably a little more bland than most, but he says it's the best. You know, like whatever it takes to win that football game is the truth. And that is the only thing that matters. That week, that that's really why everybody, I joke, but that's why I came up with a phrase, myself, Mike Tomlin, all of us, that's stature for losers. Yeah. Because it really doesn't matter. It's how do you win this football game? You know, at the end of the Super Bowl game that we were all at together, you couldn't tell me what the stats were in that game. Right. You have no idea. Right. You As a matter won. of fact, you probably don't know what the stats were for the whole playoffs. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you walked away and everybody had that same common goal reached, it's what it was all about. That, that moment. That's it. That's great stuff. That's a great life microcosm about, <laughs> you know, just do what it takes to to move on. All right, I'm going to say one thing. Stats are for losers, and I love that. But there is a stat that 
Travis Kelsey's jersey sales have gone up 400% <laughs> since he's dated Taylor Swift. Are you following? I mean, it's like the story of the NFL. Are you following this? I am personally not, but I, I, I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I was not aware of what's going on. Uh, and Travis is a superstar, and I got so much respect for him and what he's been able to do in this game from a football player. But um, what he's doing right now is unbelievable. It doesn't shock me at all. <laughs> did you hear the Bill Belichick quote? No, I did not. Travis Kelsey has made a lot of great catches in his career. <laughs> this may be his greatest. <laughs> you know, uh, he's awesome. Travis is uh, definitely all deserving of all those things. And um what a great human and what he's been for our game and, mm-hmm. and uh, what he's doing for himself off the field, whether it's his relationship or not, I don't know until he says it, but uh, good for him. Well, I think we covered all the bases now, but Raheem Morris, hey, good luck. I want to know this week in Indy, but greatly appreciate your wisdom, your insight, and your time. Thank Always you, good to come on the show, Kurt. And what? next year, I'm telling you, fans, we are going to get that thing changed <laughs> with right. Coach Morris. We've, we got a graphic designer you guy might be a unbelievable. Head, you might be a head coach somewhere. You'll have your own show. You just told me you love me being here. Now he's kicking me off. He's no, no, me no. I do, I do love you. You just deserve to be a head coach. All right. See you next week, folks. You can watch the plays as described by the Rams coaches. Game time with Coach McVeigh airs Saturday nights at 11.45 Pacific on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel.